We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. I travel. It's time for the Don Crow Show right here from the WAVAFM Passport Auto Group Studios. Now, the Don Crow Show. The Don Crow Show is brought to you in part by Passport Auto Group Stores. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, I highly recommend that you go to PassportAuto.com and find Passport's nearest dealership to where you live. And what a great selection to choose from. BMW, Infiniti, Nissan, Toyota, Mazda, Mini. And right now, Passport also has over a 1,000 certified pre-owned vehicles you may want to consider as well. Again, find your nearest dealership at the website PassportAuto.com. And a good Friday. Welcome to you. I mean, it's uh, Fridays are always good. It's the favorite day of the week for my <laughs> for my producer, and I bet many of you as well. Welcome aboard to the Friday edition of the Don Crow Show. Welcome to all of you here at WAVA, of course, and also our good friends listening to the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 AM, 910 AM, and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. Great to have you. Uh, well, kind of pull the two cities together. And I'll tell you what, you Tampans, I know you had a rough time with the Capitals a little while ago. And the, I'm sorry, don't mean to rub salt in the wounds. But, uh, well, you can imagine what's going on here now and over the next several days coming out of Las Vegas. Woo. It is such a skill game. i got to tell you, I watched most of the game last night, and uh, I've never had an interest in playing it simply because I for one thing, as a kid, I couldn't even stand up on skates, you know, barely. But uh, the, the, the skill of that, that game, it seems to me, every game, of course, every sport we know has high level of skills to be really at the level these guys play. But on the ice, on skates, you know, backwards, forwards, sideways, it's amazing. And it was, uh, it was a thing to watch last night. It was a beauty, uh, a, a, a thing of beauty and a joy forever, as the, uh, as the poet says, for uh, all the Capitol fans. And we, uh, we uh, it just uh, really, the city is, well, it's not even really come alive yet because the parade hasn't been decided yet. The guys, I think, are getting in at 4.30 today at Dulles. Several times uh, the news media has been saying, don't go to Dulles Airport. No, do not go there because there'll be no chance for you to welcome them home at the airport. There's no venue there planned for it, uh, so just be patient. Well, they've been patient for what twenty six years or so. So I, I'm few more hours. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure won't uh, won't you know won't uh, won't hurt. Uh, in any event, uh, really, hats off to the the Capitals. Uh, what a tremendous season they've given us, and the uh, the. Uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights, uh, they deserve some credit. This was their first official year, as many of you know who follow these things, their first official year as an NHL team. And uh, I say they they quitted themselves quite well. 
they uh, really took it uh, right to the end. Anyway, these are uh, good days for hockey fans, at least right now. Some of the things we're going to be talking about on the show today, Mike Gonzalez will join me in a few uh, few minutes from Heritage Foundation. And uh, there's an operation called BBG. And we're going to talk about what that is and why it's so important as to who heads it up. I'll tell you this much about it, uh, that uh, it's the Broadcasting Board of Governors. It's a governmental agency, uh, of course, taxpayer-supported, that oversees several global broadcast entities. Uh, And as a result, of course, it has a lot to do with creating uh, the way people see the United States and uh, see political issues and much more. Uh, So we're going to talk with Mike Gonzalez about the Trump appointee, who he says, well, his headline is, Time for Trump's Choice, Not Obama's to head America's global broadcast operations. So we'll get into what he means by that and why that is an important issue. Frank Gaffney, our good friend, longtime friend of this show, founder and president of the Center for Security Policy and, of course, radio host for Secure Freedom Radio, uh, will talk with us about Turkey and uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's hoping that uh, he can persuade and others can persuade Turkey to rejoin us at NATO and more. But uh, Frank says, Turkey, an ally, no more. And among other things, it should not be getting F-35 warplanes. We'll talk with Frank about it later. Uh, Edmund, I believe it's Heiselmeyer. Heiselmeyer, is that right, Judy? Uh, he is, uh, he's been on with us, I believe, before. But uh, Edmund will be here. He's a research fellow, senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. And uh, you Marylanders probably already know this. But he points out that health insurers in Maryland are asking for rate increases of up to 91%. 91%. And, of course, the Democrats typically are trying to blame Donald Trump and the Trump administration health policies for this spike. But he says the... No surprise as to where the real root problems are. Just go back to March of 2010, and uh, we'll proceed from there in a few minutes with Edmund Heiselmeyer. Dr. Walter E. Williams, I often tell folks he is one of my all-time favorite columnists, uh, pundits, if you will, political observers, brilliant man. And, of course, he's an economist uh, by trade, if you will, with uh, George Mason University, has been there, I think, since 1986. But in any event, he has a wonderful column at the Daily Signal, Guns Haven't Changed America. People have. And, uh, you know, well, well, we'll let him express it as only he can. But uh, there's this naivete. I don't know if it's a naivete or just refusal to recognize facts. As Ronald Reagan, great mentor of so many of us politically and otherwise, said, Facts are stubborn things. And for people who'd be willing to look at the facts, more laws, one after another, one on top of another, have not in any way assuaged or abated the gun violence in our country. And some of the cities that are quote-unquote gun-free in terms of laws and so forth are some of the most deadly in terms of trying to raise your family or work or live out your life. So we'll get to those things with Dr. Williams and more. And then we're going to revisit a 
recent conversation we had with Dr. Everett Piper, a university professor who talks about uh, delusions of diversity. It's a column recently filed in the Washington Times. We'll get to that. One more quick thing. We here at WAVA are in the middle of our campaign with American Leprosy Missions, and I just want to tell you what you've done, folks, before we take this break. Our goal is to provide 1,000 1, children with a cure for leprosy at $30 per child. So far, you've provided cures for 314 of those children, and that leaves us just 686 more to go. So when you hear us mention that, you'll hear some commercials perhaps running uh, promoting uh, the American Leprosy Missions Campaign, uh, I would just encourage you to get involved and make as generous gift as you can. But thank you for what you've done so far. Hey, we have a great afternoon straight ahead. So glad you're with us. We'll be back. I'm Bill Carl, along with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Imagine a child so weakened from malnutrition, so near the brink of death with starvation, that they cannot cry out for their mother's milk, that they cannot turn their head to receive food, that they cannot even move, that their body literally is shutting down from hunger. That's really what's happening in so many parts of the world. And thank God for Save the Children stepping in providing ready-to-use therapeutic food and medicines for these children. Uh, you can be a part of that right now. When you call 888-884-4836, your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, Scott Wilder joins us from Save the Children. Scott, we've talked about the before. Tell us a little bit about the after, after these kids receive this life-giving treatment. Uh, the, the after is light, and it's life, and it's a plump child, a happy child, a healthy child, like every child should be. I mean, that that is what your money does today. And I know it's easy for stuff to wash over us. There's stuff that happens here in the news, and it washes over me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to shake myself to sort of shake me to wake me again. And, and I don't want this to ever wash over us. We, we are really talking about life and death. We're talking about a child that before, as we talked about, the child is... Uh, almost skeletal remains, no light, no life in her eyes, uh, can't hold her head up from her mother's arms because her neck is so weak. Uh, as you said yesterday, rightly, uh, does not have the energy even to make noise, to cry. Cry would be a step up mm-hmm. because it would mean energy. And so today, you know, the after, the plumpy nut, uh, is, a, is a life changer. It is a life saver. And that's what you're doing today when you call the number. You're providing life. To a child who otherwise, and we say child, it really is largely children under the age of two. Uh, you know, the, the first big hurdle in that part of the world is a healthy birth. Mm-hmm. And lots of babies die in childbirth. I remember being on the road with a guy who was an interpreter. He's an educated guy. He's been to college, been to university, uh, worked for the for the uh, consulate there and was an interpreter. And we was talking to him over at a dinner about his life and his family. I said, tell me about how you grew up. And he was talking to me about it. And he said, my mother had eight kids. And so he goes on to talk, and I said, wow, I said, you grew up with eight kids in your family. He said, no, I grew up with four kids in my family. Oh, my goodness. Because three of them died in childbirth, and one died of malnutrition before the age of two. Isn't it interesting, the things that we assume? You know, we are so blessed here in the United States of America that 
for a family near us to lose a child is a rare thing. It is a tragedy that many of us cannot even comprehend, and yet it is the day in and day out for so many of these children in places like Ethiopia, which is still trying to recover from the effects of a historic drought that that, uh, caused so much devastation, so much starvation, and so much pain. Your gift right now of $60 to save the children provides ready-to-use therapeutic food, plumpy nut, for one of these children, literally bringing them back from the brink of death due to severe acute malnutrition. So far, we've saved 45 kids. We have 105 more we'd like to speak to, and right now, every dollar you give is doubled through the generous matching gift of a donor uh, who said, I'll step up, I'll match these gifts. So this really is the time to call. Triple eight 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 four forty eight thirty six. That's eight 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 four four eight three six. You can also help by clicking the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Let's make that gift today. Let's save a life today. You can do it by joining us and Scott Wilder and our friends at Save the Children. Triple eight 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 four forty eight thirty six. Three nine two two nineteen hundred. Ron Crow Show on WAVA, brought to you in part by Local Expert Realty. Our realtor Christy Moore promises she'll sell your home in 58 days, or she'll buy it. You want to talk to her about it, here's the number, 866-404-5858. That's 866-404-5858, or go to soldin58.com on the web. That's the words sold in and the numbers 58.com. Delighted to have the Bill Bunkley Show audience with us today on Faith Talk 570 AM, 910 AM, and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. Together sharing the day here with our WAVA listeners as well. Although the average American, although the average American may have uh, little knowledge of what it is, why it is, or what it does, the BBG, the Broadcasting Board of Governors, is a governmental agency supported by U.S. taxpayers, and it oversees several broadcast entities that are global in both their reach and in their power to influence. And in a commentary piece originally published at the Heritage Foundation's Daily, uh, DailySignal.com, my guest this hour says it's time for Trump's choice, not Obama's, to head America's global broadcast operations, referring to this agency and the current Trump nominee to head up the organization. Joining us to talk more about it, Michael Gonzalez, Senior Fellow at the Heritage Foundation's Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy, also author of the book A Race for the Future, How Conservatives Can Break the Liberal Monopoly on Hispanic Americans. Michael, it's been a while since we've chatted, but welcome. Hey, Don, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, sir. I think the last time we talked was uh, perhaps uh, in June of last year, and it was uh, when uh, I think President Trump was about to reverse or had reversed uh, Obama policies regarding Cuba. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, well, good memory, yes. (laughs) And, of course, I think the first time was when Fidel passed uh, away a number of years ago. But anyway, more to the point of this, uh, start, if you would, by telling us a bit about the BBG, what it is, why and when it was formed, and, 
And uh, then also why this nominee of President Trump's, it really it's critical that he replace the Obama p- person. I guess, uh, you know, the Democrats want to keep things status quo. Well, look, I, without getting into uh, parties, they, they, they are a lot of people, uh, many Democrats, but also some Republicans who just don't want don't to accept anything Trump does. And uh, don't want to accept his nominees. Don't want to accept the people he wants to put in power. And uh, to me, that's just a not just a very silly way of going about things, but it's also very undemocratic. Uh, you know, Trump was elected. You know, you don't like Trump, then then you know, fight against him in the next election. But uh, but he was elected. He has the right. He was elected by the American people, and our democratic process determines that the the person who was elected, the executive, has the right to name the. The heads of uh, of agencies and in, in, in cabinet positions, and uh, and judges, and uh, that's the, that's our system. So there really is no no reason. But but as you know, every every and and already uh, we know even before it was officially announced that Michael Pack uh, was going to be the official nominee of the White House to head the board, the broadcasting board of governors, there was already alarms, people wringing their hands saying, "Well, this is a a coup." A coup d'état at the, at the, at the Broadcasting Board of Governors, the BBG. Well, no, it's not a coup. It's, it's, a coup is not a, through the democratic process. This was done through the democratic process. Now, the Broadcasting Board of Governors was established in 1999. In fact, it's going to change. Now it has a, has a strong role, uh, uh, but, uh, but uh, it's going to change. It was a change put in by, by President Obama that as soon as the new nominee comes in, obviously Obama thought that President Clinton, Hillary Clinton, was going to be doing these things. Uh, as soon as the new person comes in, the new CEO, the, the, the Board of Governors really will become a, a, a Board of Advisors. It will have much less power. And at stake here is, is uh, uh, you know, public diplomacy. Uh, public diplomacy is very important when you're fighting a war of ideas, such as we're fighting all over the world. And it really has to be set through the elected process by the person and, and, and team, the American people voting into office. So what we have is Michael Pack has been nominated to replace Obama's appointee, John Lansing, to head the BBG. And uh, this has to work its way through. Well, you put it this way. Don't expect the resistance, in quotes, to take Pack's nomination lying down. And uh, the the point being, he has to run the uh, run the gauntlet, if you will, with the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, headed by somebody who, to my re- recollection,'s never been a Trump supporter, and that's Bob Corker, even a Republican of Tennessee. Am I right? Well, that's the reason why I said this is really uh, we don't do we don't do ourselves any favors by thinking of this in in, in terms of purely party yeah. partisanship. Uh, the, the senator of uh, of Tennessee, uh, Bob Corker, who is retiring. Uh, so he doesn't have to, to to present himself to the voters of the state anymore, at least not at this November. Uh, you know, what can we expect from him? Well, well he's already saying he's going to oppose Trump on, uh, on other issues. And, of course, you know, democracy is messy. So what I'm saying here is, you know, democracy is a messy process. I accept that, and we should all accept that. But the White House really needs to stand its ground. You know, it, it, it's shied away. This is a, a White House that sometimes picks a fight and, 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 and digs in. For example, with Scott Pruitt, it, it's, it's widely dug in uh, and, and, and not uh, gotten rid of him at EPA. Other times, for example, Thomas Brunel, an appointee 
that was mooted, never officially announced, uh, to be the uh, deputy director of the Census Bureau. Uh, he, he met with a, a, a gale of opposition by the left, and the White House uh, kind of quietly withdrew his name. Well, all I'm saying is, you know, it's Joseph Michael Pack. Michael Pack is a veteran. He's been a documentary maker for 35 years. He was a, a he was an executive at the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which not not anybody's idea of a, of a conservative group. Uh, he was with the Claremont Institute in California, a conservative group, a very highbrow one. So this guy is very mainstream, and the, and he's going to come under under a hail of criticism, and, and people at the White House better better stand the ground. And you make, other, I think, other important uh, points of issues, uh, interest and in, in other points of importance uh, regarding this organization because uh, they really basically oversee a Voice of America, if I'm not uh, mistaken, Radio Free Europe, right. Radio Liberty, yeah. Office of Cuba right. Broadcasting, Radio Free Asia, Middle East Broadcasting. In other words, they are indeed global, and you say for close to a decade now, diplomacy, including the public kind, which this is, has been used to promote liberal causes, lifestyles on which the American polity has not yet re- uh, yet reached consensus, and yet the taxpayers paying the bill for this. So you say this is really something that uh, a president ought to have the right to uh, control who who heads it up. Yeah, that's our system. You know, I, I remember the forty fourth president he used to say elections have consequences. Mm. Well, you know, Don, elections do have consequences. <laughs> Where do you see this going in the end? Is is there enough resistance to this, uh, not only, as you say, by some of the Democrats, but the Republicans who, uh, uh, anything Trump does, they have no intention of putting their imprimatur on, just, uh, I guess, for the sake of whatever. They just don't like the man, uh, regardless of his policies, which, again, as you've so well put, uh, an election has happened, a legitimate election. He, The man's president and his uh, his. Uh, his leadership in these areas ought to be uh, ought to be recognized. Yeah, who cares if they don't like him? I mean, look, it's yeah. not about liking Trump. Right. This is not about Trump's likability. This is about the Constitution and the process which we all have to uphold. And you know, I and and the Senate has to to do its job. Both people of both parties. But but at the, at the end of the day, the White House, if the White House chooses, when the the White House, when the administration chooses to fight. It generally gets his way, and when it, it, it when it gets scared by criticism from the left, it doesn't get its way, and it gets scared off. Um, you know, I heard it said. Uh, I just came back from Florida this morning. I was at a conference. Somebody said, uh, you know, with this president, everything is personal. You make it personal, and 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 you usually win. I mean, meaning that if he if he becomes personally involved, then he 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 he's very. Very stubborn, very obdurate. Well, this is this is worth getting obdurate about because public broadcasting is important. We're talking about millions and millions of, of people all over the world. This we're 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 in, we're in a lot of hot wars. Where we're fighting. We have a lot of our great men and women fighting around the world, but we're also in a war of ideas, and we have to present our ideas in the best way possible and not attack ourselves. And the entities that I mentioned earlier that uh, you've confirmed uh, this organization does oversee, uh, folks, they're very familiar when you hear them, I know, VOM, uh, VOA, I should say, Voice of America, Radio Free Europe, and so on. You say these have all come under criticism for continuing to promote Obama's policies and worldview even after the fact. 
You know, uh, uh, that's what I said. You know, ten years. You know, so eight years of President Obama and five hundred days of the of the uh, Trump presidency that we've had the Obama appointees in place. Now, I, I don't know if you know, Don, but I was born in Cuba and I was uh, raised uh, the first twelve years of my life in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And my father, real aid, offered my father a window on reality because everything was a everything in Cuba was state control propaganda. And it was uh, the, 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 the Cuban government just gave, you know, it was lie after lie after lie. So my father had a radio, which he had to keep, keep hidden, because if he had ever been found out to have been listening to, to shortwave radio, the Voice of America would have been thrown into prison. And it really kept them, uh, kept them sane. Uh, this, this is what we need to do is explain to people the American way of life, the American policies, why we pursue these policies. You know, not not lie, not lie. You know, nobody's talking about. No, we have, we shouldn't present American propaganda. But we should present America, the good with the bad. Um, and sometimes uh, I, I get the sense that the people who are working in public broadcasting don't necessarily do that. They think they're working for CNN. They think they work for the New York Times. They think they're working for uh, for Reuters. No, they have a very different job. Couldn't be better said. Thank you, my friend, for writing the article, and uh, great to talk with you about it. We'll uh, we'll follow up with more. Thank you. Yeah, anytime, Don. Uh, I, I love uh, talking to you and talking to your great audience. Thank you, Michael Gonzalez, senior fellow at the Catherine for the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, you can, of course, access his and his colleagues' work at that website, heritage.org, and also dailysignal.com. This piece is called Time for Trump's Choice, Not Obama's, to Head America's Global Broadcast Operations. Stay with us. We have more here on The Don Crow Show. Joe Bunkley inviting you to join me and my family on an inspirational pilgrimage this November to Israel and Jordan. I've crafted with EDI Travel's renowned historian Boaz Shalgi an incredible itinerary. You'll visit Petra in Jordan, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth, Jericho, the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, Masada, the northern Golan Heights, the Lebanese border, Ascalon, plus Jerusalem's new U.S. Embassy. We'll share an Israeli dinner at Boaz's home. See this and much more for the all-inclusive credible price of $3,965. Join me, Tony, and Zach on this 10-day all-inclusive pilgrimage November 10th through 19th. As a faithful listener, you've likely heard of my current health challenges. I've been advised by my medical team to plan on leading this spectacular pilgrimage. So come join us. Call 813-515-1510 or check out our complete itinerary online at letstalkfaith.com. Strength throughout the day. Weekdays at 2 p.m. It's Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. The Christian life isn't a joy ride. But it is continually, increasingly a joy road. And at 2.30, Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. Success isn't based on the results that we see. Success is based upon what did God want to do. Faith Talk, AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1. From Washington, D.C., it's the Cal Thomas Commentary. And now here is America's number one syndicated columnist, 
Cal Thomas. Have you been following Bill Clinton's book tour that's turned out to be quite something else? Craig Melvin of NBC News asked the former president about Monica Lewinsky and whether he ever apologized directly to her for what he did when he was president and she was an intern. Clinton said he apologized to the world, but not personally to her. And then he claimed, while governor of Arkansas, he had a sexual harassment policy in place. Trouble is, that was a federal policy that had nothing to do with him, and examples of his sexual harassment of women are legion, as everyone knows. Jennifer Flowers, Paula Jones, Kathleen Willey, Juanita Broderick. Broderick tweeted out after the interview, what about his raping me? Clinton claimed he left the White House $16 million in debt. Not true, says the Washington Post fact-checker Glenn Kessler. It was a much smaller amount, but he and Hillary made up for it quickly by selling two books, few of red, and the cash cow the Clinton Foundation became. Bill Clinton has been a fraud and a lout, especially when it comes to women. Good for Craig Melvin for finally holding him accountable. I'm Cal Thomas in Washington. For a free copy of today's commentary and other information, visit calthomas.com or send a written request mentioning the date and subject to Values Through Media, Post Office Box 7065, Arlington, Virginia, 22207. Tax-deductible gifts support these commentaries and are appreciated. Listen again next time for the Cal Thomas Commentary. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house, and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly, and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. Today's guest host for The Bill Bunkley Show, Don Crow, returns in a moment. I'm Bill Carl, and you know the Holy Land is not the only place that you can find inspiration in your travels. July 31st through August 12th, join the Reformation Tour and River Cruise with Alistair Begg. You can stand before the doors of the Wittenberg Church, where Martin Luther posted the 95 Theses. Details at letstalkfaith.com. Don Crow Show on WAVA. Also delighted to be able to share the day with the Bill Bunkley Show audience on Faith Talk 570 AM, 910 AM, and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. In a recent commentary titled, Turkey, an ally no more, shouldn't get F-35s, my guest this hour observed that despite U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's recent meeting with his Turkish counterpart, The reality of Turkey still being a U.S. ally no longer exists. Uh, This uh, against the backdrop of Secretary Pompeo's remarks at a recent House Foreign Affairs Committee hearing in which he said, they have been an important NATO partner. We need their behavior to reflect the objectives of NATO. And that's what we're diligently working to do to get them to rejoin NATO in a way with their actions consistent with what we're trying to achieve in NATO and not take actions that undermine its efforts. Well, joining me to talk about 
this and maybe some of the serious impediments to realizing the Secretary's hopes is Frank Gaffney, founder, president, CEO of the Center for Security Policy, and, of course, host of Secure Freedom Radio. I remind you in this area, here at uh, Washington, D.C. area, it airs every weekday at 9 p.m. on AM 570, The Answer, here in Washington, D.C. Uh, always good to talk with you, Frank. And uh, tell us first, if you would, about the recent meeting of Pompeo with his Turkish counterpart and uh, what you see coming out of that. Well, Don, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's always a delight to talk with you. I believe that what's come out of that agreement um, in the immediate term was a concession by the United States to Turkey uh, in Syria. And my fear is that this is being perceived by Erdogan, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the president of Turkey and his regime, which is increasingly, we should be clear, um, a Sharia supremacist regime. Uh, is that we have been once again uh, submitting to them, which I'm afraid, as we've talked about in the past, and I know you know, uh, is not what you want to do. Mm. It's Sharia supremacists, because it simply reinforces their belief that they will compel you to submit further, um, and that violence, in fact, is perhaps uh, in order. Uh, to accomplish that, because you're weak, you're irresolute, you're, well, submitting. And so that's the trouble. Um, It it papered over uh, in the shortest of short terms a disagreement between the United States and Turkey about um, where U.S. um, personnel would be in Syria working with some of the people that we think are more or less on our side there, uh, specifically Kurds. Um, and uh, again, I don't think any good will come of this, uh, even probably in the uh, the fairly short term, uh, Don, let alone um, over over time. And that's because the trajectory that we're on with the Turks is very problematic. As I say, this regime of, ter- uh, of Erdogan's is um, increasingly making no secret of its hostility towards us. And I think anything that is done that uh, that sort of reinforces uh, the um, appropriateness of that hostility is uh, is going to cause us even greater grief in the future. Well, I just picked the article up uh, as I opened the microphones, actually, and perhaps you're aware, but Eli Lake has a piece uh, at Bloomberg.com. Deal with Turkey threatens Trump's Iran strategy. Negotiations remove Kurdish troops from a small Syrian town could push away America's allies. And uh, this, again, it seems to me we have a uh, we're trying to make a deal with the devil, so to speak, that's uh, going to come back and bite us. That's my concern, too. Uh, This uh, devil, uh, if you wish to use that phrase, is uh, a country that has become, uh, despite nominally being a NATO ally, uh, as I say, um, not just uh, hostile in terms of some of its policies or, or rhetoric, but in terms of uh, its overt behavior as well. And this is the thing that's just uh, uh, troubling in the extreme. Uh, we're, we're likely to see this come to something of a head here shortly, I think, uh, because some in uh, 
U.S. government uh, are determined to press ahead, despite all of what we just talked about, with the transfer to Turkey mm. of mm. our frontline F-35 fighters. Um, and I think this is folly. Uh, it, it is an opportunity for them to uh, sell to the Chinese or the Russians or perhaps others with whom they are closely working these days, the Turks, that is, um, some of our most sensitive technologies. It also is of a piece with this larger practice we've been engaged in for years now of, of sharing with them sensitive intelligence um, and and some of our operational uh, practices of our military, all of which is inappropriate if what we're really talking about now is a is a hostile regime, not an ally. And by the way, we have a, a book on this subject that is available for free. If people would like to learn more about it, it's called Turkey Ally No More, and they can get the free download at securefreedom.org. We'll take a break, Frank, and come back with more. Stay with us. Frank Gaffney with me. Securefreedom.org. You caught that website, securefreedom.org. And also, uh, he is the president, CEO, and founder of Center for Security Policy. Their website is centerforsecuritypolicy.org as well. Carl here with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Thank you for joining us for just a few moments as we share more opportunities for you to save lives through Save the Children. When you call 888-884-4836 and make your gift of $60, you save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. You can also click the Save the Children link at letstalkfaith.com to make that gift. And what are we talking about, really? Well, Save the Children, around for over 100 years, has been working in East Africa among famine victims. And they provide, uh, it's kind of a funny name, they provide this ready-to-use therapeutic food called Plumpy Nut. It's peanut-based. It's kind of based on Nutella. And it really does bring kids back from the brink of death. Again, your $60 provides enough Plumpy Nut and medicine to save a child who's starving. And Scott, I know that you've been there in Ethiopia and seen the miracle uh, of Plumpy Nut and seen the miracle of these kids Take us inside that a little. It really is a miracle. It's been referred to as it is to nutrition what penicillin was to medicine. And that's not just me. I mean, 60 Minutes talked about it as a miracle. And I don't know if you watch 60 Minutes very much, but they don't use the word miracle very often, uh, the word miracle. But it is miraculous. Uh, It brings kids back, children back, babies back from the brink of uh, death. I mean, they're right on the doorstep. I mean, they, they are the child you're thinking of right now, the child with uh, appears to be a skeleton uh, with skin draped over it. I mean, it, it really is stark to see. When you see a mom holding her twin boys that are three months old, and she says, I can no longer even nurse my kids. I don't have enough food for myself. And uh, mother's milk is the only way my kids uh, can survive, and they're suffering from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, today we have a chance to, to be the safety net. We have a chance to be... Um, come together and do this thing uh, that really is ours to do. So, I mean, we, you've been fortunate, blessed, lucky, whatever word you use, um, to be where you are, to live where you live. Not not just to be born where you've been born, but to be born when you've been born. Well, that is absolutely so strong. And we're so thankful to be in a position to be able to do good for others, not to have to rely on the government and other agencies to make this happen. Save the Children is a nonprofit that I know personally at our house, Missy and I give to every year, and we want to encourage you to as well. In fact, Save the Children works here in the United States of America. I spent a good chunk of time last fall in 
uh, rural Tennessee among Save the Children uh, folks who have been blessed through this ministry, and I hope you'll step in right now. Again, your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We're counting down 105 kids to go. Would you call right now? 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at Let's Talk Faith. Com. And I'll tell you this as well. We've had a generous donor step forward who over the next month has said, look, for every gift that your listeners make to save the children, I'll double it. So if you make that gift of $60, it becomes $120, so on and so forth. And maybe right now you'd say, Bill Scott, I'll do a leadership gift of $600. That would take care of 10 children saving their lives and with those matching dollars would add another 10 children to the list of those who've been impacted through Save the Children and through your kindness. So again, I would encourage you to go to the phone right now. Here's the number, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or again, click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Together, we can save lives with Save the Children. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Faith Talk 570, WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. Don Crow, today's guest host for Bill Bunkley, returns in just a moment. Maybe you've always wanted to experience the Holy Land. Why not experience it with Tony and Lois Evans? Imagine being baptized in the Jordan River. Visit Jerusalem, where every stone pathway leads you through the life of Christ. Experience Israel with Tony and Lois Evans. For details, visit letstalkfaith.com. Don Crow Show on WAVA. Hey, do you have a plumbing, heating, air conditioning, or electrical problem? Problem solved when you go to AactionHomeServices.com or call them at 703-922-1900. That's 703-922-1900. My guest, Frank Gaffney. He is the president and CEO of the Center for Security Policy, host of Secure Freedom Radio which you can hear right here on 570 AM in Washington, D.C., Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Talking about Turkey, and specifically Turkey, an ally no more. And as Frank just said before the break, there's a book available, a free one, at securefreedom.org if you want to get a copy of it. Did I get that website right, Frank? You certainly did, Don. Thank you. Now, on this issue with Turkey, you've already alluded to uh, several reasons why Turkey's a, a really a major concern to us. Uh, talk about its uh, these elements, its strategic location you mentioned, its membership in NATO, its access especially to American intelligence, and why this is a time uh, why when we really ought to consider the possibility of it of being a, a real threat to the United States and our allies. Yeah, I remember vividly uh, in the Cold War era in which I had the privileges, I think you've noted, uh, serving President Reagan in the Defense Department, that Turkey was an incredibly important ally, um, in part for some of the reasons you've just mentioned. It's uh, its strategic location, uh, not least among them. It has, uh, at the time, a, a formidable uh, military uh, that was uh, very, very competent. And uh, and important in places, among others, like Korea, 
where it fought alongside our forces against uh, the communist Chinese and, and North Koreans. Um, sadly, in the years since uh, this fellow Recep Tayyip Erdogan uh, emerged from the uh, mayor of uh, Istanbul, uh, he has assiduously taken this country in a very different direction. And it's one that I'm afraid is um, moving it uh, inexorably into, at the very least, um, a, an adversarial relationship with us and quite possibly into conflict with us. Again, making insane the idea that we're going to be sending it um, state-of-the-art military hardware like the F-35. Um, but the reason that he's doing it is as troubling as what he's doing. He really believes that it is his, um, well, his mission, I guess you'd say, perhaps his uh, his divine mandate to be the next caliph, hmm. uh, to, to govern a new Ottoman Empire uh, that will span, you know, much of uh, uh, not only – the immediate region around Turkey, but possibly into Europe and, and who knows where all else. The point is um, this kind of, as I say, Sharia supremacism is uh, a very dangerous mix, especially to the extent that it means he's, he's making at the very least common cause with countries like Iran, even though uh, they have a lot of differences between them. One is a Sunni nation, the other is a Shia nation and so on. He's uh, actively supporting now the Muslim Brotherhood, a group we've talked about over the years many times, including for the threat that it poses here in the United States, now with active help and support from the government of Turkey. There's a, there's a mosque uh, not too far from your uh, broadcast center in Lanham, Maryland, the largest mosque on the East Coast. Um, it, is, uh, it is essentially a Turkish government enterprise. And they operate there, among other things, um, holding meetings with Muslim Brotherhood operatives at which I believe they are plotting subversion inside our country. I mean, these are the sorts of things, Don, that I think have to cause us to um, throw over the side some of the notions, some of the, the hopes that uh, we're going to continue to believe um, we can count on the Turks, they're reliable allies, um, we can safely have our forces based in places like Incirlik on Turkish soil, and that overall um, they're trustworthy in terms of uh, intelligence, technology, and other uh, state secrets. And on this, uh, and there's only a moment or so for this last break uh, of the hour, but this uh, caliphate that you've mentioned and this global agenda that uh, true Islam really has and has had all along. Uh, I was just reading a story this morning. I don't have it in studio. I'm sure you're aware of it. The uh, Austrian president uh, now calling for uh, the uh, m removal of uh, mosques and uh, and uh, uh, Im immigration by Muslims into his country. What's going on in this regard? Well, Don, I, I don't know how much time we have before the break, but it's probably not enough to do justice to this. Well, let's take, I'll tell you what, let's take the break and we'll come back to that, all right? Terrific. All right. Coming back with a bit more with Frank Gaffney, President CEO of the Center for Security Policy, Secure Freedom Radio, airing on 570 AM right here in Washington, Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Stay with us.
Hey, this is Bill Carl, along with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. And right now, your gift of $60 provides enough ready-to-use therapeutic food, enough plumpy nut, and medicine to save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We've been talking about this for several days now, and we just have a little bit of time left to meet the goal of saving 150 kids. The number is 888-884-4836. I was on the air not so long ago, actually in Seattle. Seattle is not known for being the bastion of uh, Christianity. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's like the uh, West Coast version of Boston. I mean, it's just it's just not uh, a place that the churches thrive. And yet there, I had a woman call and say, I want to do this for 100 kids, a $6,000 one-time gift. We do need a game changer, I must say. We want to be able to thank you by first name and by city. So whether you're going to do $60 or $600 or $6,000 or more or less, the good news is it's going to be matched dollar for dollar, and we're waiting for your call right now at 888-884-4836. Well, again, that number is 888-884-4836. Letstalkfaith.com uh, is the website you can go to and click the Save the Children banner. And right now, would you call 888-884-4836? Maybe there's somebody right now you would make a leadership gift of um, of $600, and that would draw us so very closely. We're, I'm telling you, we're we're right there. Scott's over there, kind of calculating everything. Thirteen more, thirteen down to thirteen would be seven hundred eighty dollars. Thirteen kids right now would be seven hundred eighty dollars. And listen, I could sit here and break it down with an abacus into all type of <laughs> monthly and bi monthly gifts and ways to do it. However, you choose to do it, need somebody to do it. I, you know, listen, if you just want to make that one time gift of sixty dollars, we welcome that and we're blessed by need that. It. But I really, truly do believe, Scott, that there's somebody that's been listening. They listened yesterday. They've listened today. God's been tapping at their heart and just kind of, you know, nudging them the whole time. And they, you just kind of get in that place. You're like, oh, you know, later. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it happen. You can make it happen. I mean, you can. You know, really, you can. There are families. They'll put a whole vacation on a credit card mm-hmm. and hope that by the end of the year they pay for it. Mm-hmm. We live in just a stone's throw at Disney World, you know, just down the road in Orlando. And I know, and I've met people, where'd you come from? Mm. I came down from, you know, Dakota. We come here every year. And, you know, you know they put three, $4,000 in that credit card at the beginning of the year to book it, and then they kind of figured it out. And I just know that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I know there's somebody listening right now. You know you could make that gift. And you could either write the check and it'd be done or put it on your debit card, or you could just find a way to figure it out. You just figure it out. And I want you to, I just want to encourage you right now. God's been speaking to you. When you think of these children, when you think about what they're experiencing, when you think about how they're really at the door of death, when, when, you know, Scott told us last hour that one of the kids he met over there said, well, if I grow up, I'd like to be my grandfather. When you're living in a state where you don't assume that you're going to grow up, That's a bad place to be, but we can rescue. We can help save the children on the ground right now in very difficult places, providing Plumpy Nut, providing this therapeutic food for children really on the brink of death. Your $60 gift saves one of these children. So I need you to call right now, and don't worry about figuring it out till later. You'll figure it out. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. of the show at securefreedom.org, securefreedom.org. And, Frank, 
I'm looking at that column. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's a, a telegraph piece out of the U.K. The Austrian government uh, is to order the closure of seven mosques and expel, uh, expel up to 60 imams in a crackdown on political Islam and Turkish nationalism. Uh, so this thing is... Uh, what the average American may not understand is this thing has global tentacles and global, a global, inge- uh, global agenda as well in terms of a caliphate. Could you go back to that? Sure. Well, let's just define our terms. Uh, what I keep emphasizing, because I believe it's the crux of the problem, uh, is Sharia. And that may be a term that people are unfamiliar with. I know you are, John, but it's it's basically a political military and legal doctrine that is at the core of much of what we're told is the Islamic faith. Now, the important thing is that there are lots of Muslims around the world, and certainly in our country, who don't want to live under this totalitarian repressive regime any more than we do, and certainly don't want to impose it on anybody else. They are, I think, by and large, not the problem. The trouble is that there are hundreds of millions, in fact, perhaps many hundreds of millions of Muslims around the world who believe, as the authorities of the faith teach, that Sharia is Islam, that that is the correct doctrine. Those are really problematic. Recep Tayyip Erdogan is one of them. Uh, What the Austrian government, I think, is responding to is that there are others like him in their country operating in mosques um, for seditious purposes. Uh, And this is what's so important, again, to understand is that if you are not strong enough to use, uh, as Muhammad did late in his life, the preferred technique of imposing Sharia globally, namely violence, you're still supposed to engage in jihad stealthily. And that, I think, is what the Austrians are confronting. It's happening all over Europe, in fact, and indeed it is happening in our own country. Pointing this out is not Islamophobic. It is a fact, and we need to be alive to the danger that it represents and to come up with effective ways to counter it. We have a minute to uh, address that big question. (laughs) What are some of the things that we can and should be doing to do just that, counter it? Well, I think the first thing is we've got to stop importing more of these jihadists, Don. Uh, This is really at the core of what um, Donald Trump said in a magnificently well-crafted speech on August 15th, 2016. And that speech, I think, really laid out for our purposes uh, the plan that we need to follow in so many respects, including not engaging in uh, the continued immigration of people who wish to take down our country. That's a starting point and a necessary step. We'll stop on that point only because of the clock, but you know what that's all about as a broadcaster. Thank you so much, Frank. We'll talk again. My pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Frank Gaffney, national security expert, president and CEO of the Center for Security Policy, their website, centerforsecuritypolicy.org. And as we already said, you can get podcasts of his radio program, Secure Freedom Radio, which airs every evening at 9 o'clock Monday through Friday here on 570 a.m. But you can get the podcast at securefreedom.org. That's it for this hour here on the Don Crow Show.
We are here to give you strength between Sundays. The author of the book of Hebrews said, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, exhorting one another. Be accountable to somebody. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. A former top aide of the Senate Intelligence Committee was arrested on charges of lying to the FBI. Prosecutors say James Wolfe, the former director of security for the committee, lied to the FBI about his contacts with three reporters. The Senate Intelligence Committee is one of multiple congressional panels investigating possible ties between Russia and the Trump campaign. Wolf is not charged with disclosing classified information. The indictment was announced soon after the New York Times revealed that the Justice Department had secretly seized the phone records and emails of one of its journalists as part of the same leak investigation involving Wolf. Each false statement count is punishable by up to five years in prison. Linda Kenyon, Washington. President Trump and his world counterparts opened the first working session of a meeting of major industrialized nations. Canadian Foreign Minister Christia Freeland spoke about the long history of agreements and disagreements with the U.S. on issues. We today have some areas of disagreement with the United States. Uh, The Paris Accords would be an example. The steel and aluminum tariffs would be another example. But we have a lot of areas where we are working closely and effectively together. Many are angry with the Trump administration's imposition of tariffs. There's another airbag recall, this one involving Kia vehicles. The problem prompting the latest recall is airbags not deploying in a crash. Korean automaker Kia is recalling over half a million vehicles in the U.S., including the Forte, Optima, and Sedona minivans, with model years ranging from 2010 through 2013. Hyundai had previously issued a recall for vehicles with the same airbag computers. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration opened an investigation into the problems in March, saying it had received reports of six front-end crashes in which the airbags failed to deploy. Four people were killed in those crashes and six injured. I'm Ben Thomas. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 75 points. More on these stories at townhall.com. Would you like to trade bank accounts with Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world? How about a payday like Bill Gates or Oprah? Well, the one thing they all have in common is they're making millions because of the Internet. And right now, a group of regular people just like you are getting in on this amazing online business trend. Thanks to the teachings of a former dishwasher turned Internet sensation, Tao V from My Ecom Club. Right now, he is revealing his entire online store success system for free. Just call 800-877-7295 within the next 11 minutes. Leave your name and email in a voice message and you will receive access to his entire online store system absolutely free. Plus, when you call 877-7295 or go to myecomnow.com within the next 11 minutes, we'll also give you a $97 gift absolutely free. Call 800-877-7295 to claim your spot. Flu season was the deadliest for American children in eight years. Health officials say 172 children have died of the flu in the United States since October. That's the highest total since more than 300 died when a new flu strain produced a pandemic in 2009 and 10. The flu wasn't considered a pandemic this time around, but the season was particularly long and intense, driven by a flu strain that killed more children and the elderly than usual and put more patients in the hospital. 
On top of that, the season's flu vaccine was not particularly effective. Warren Levinson, New York. The U.S. government has agreed to extradite former Panamanian President Ricardo Martinelli to his home country to face political espionage and embezzlement charges. Martinelli has been jailed in Miami since his arrest at his home in June 2017. On May 15th, he asked the State Department to deny the extradition request, saying that he would be tortured in Panama. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. We're here to give you strength between Sundays. Jesus does not want to be the most important part of your life. Jesus wants to be your life. He wants all of who you are. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Don't let debt keep you down. Protect your career, your family, and your financial future with help from NFCC, a financial advocate who understands the money issues faced by current and former military members. Schedule a confidential financial review with an objective nonprofit NFCC financial counselor. Call us today at 877-404-6322 or visit us at nfcc.org slash military. You owe it to yourself. Get relief now. Finding faith together. The new Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Also available on the iHeartRadio app. This hour is sponsored by EDI Travel. Broadcasting something very unique and totally different from D.C. Uh, the truth. It's the Don Crow Show on life-changing talk radio. WAVA, live from the WAVA-FM Passport Auto Group Studios. It's the Don Crow Show on 105.1 FM, WAVA. Hello there, folks. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Don Crow Show. Daily conversation on matters that matter. Issues of significance that you and I need to, uh, well, we want to learn about them, but then the whole point is let's get informed and then get involved. Find positive, life-affirming ways to make a difference. Great to have you with us, and especially it's great to be, uh, again, teaming up with the Bill Buckley Show on Faith Talk 570 AM, 910 AM, and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. According to a recent report from the Heritage Foundation, insurers in the state of Maryland and the Obamacare market are requesting an average rate increase that would be, uh, well, 30% in uh, insurance premiums, but some going as high as 91%. And uh, while Democrat leaders in Congress, some of them are, you know, trying to uh, blame the other guy, quick to blame the huge spike uh, spike in rates on Trump and his health care policies, my guest this hour argues these rate hikes are just the latest that have their roots and actions that Congress took back in March of 2010, if you will remember. And uh, I say the disastrous effects are still unfolding to this very day. Edmund Hasselmeyer is health care policy expert at the Heritage Foundation, where he serves as the Preston A. Wells Jr. Senior Research Fellow and is frequently, as a matter of fact, asked to help the lawmakers design and draft specific reforms 
to our health care system. Edmund, it's an honor to have you with us. Thank you for taking time. Well, thanks for having me. It is the nightmare that many predicted back in uh, 2010, is it not, that's unfolding? Uh, it is in many respects, yes. Uh, what we have is a situation where the combination of regulations and subsidies has turned the individual insurance market into really a market for uh, sick people getting subsidized care and made that very expensive for people who don't get a subsidy. Now, uh, the Democrats, of course, as we've already said, are blaming uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, specifically saying the Republicans know they own the skyrocketing health care costs, but instead of working in a bipartisan fashion to lower those costs, they actively undermined our health care system, made the problem worse. Uh, of course, referring to the Trump administration and some of its policy changes, but you say uh, the policy changes made by the Trump administration were pretty small compared to the problem, am I right? Well, they're both small and recent, and in fact, some of them haven't even gone into effect. So it's a little hard to blame something that hasn't happened yet. Uh, basically, the data shows us that there was a big shift in 2014 when this went into effect uh, with lesser uh, uh, changes in the following years, but still significant. So in other words, the prices went up a lot in 2014 and then continue to go up, though not as, as dramatically, but still pretty significantly uh, in 2015, 16, 17, and now 18. So is the problem uh, the fact that uh, healthy people, as you pointed out, have left the system? And also, were they not hoping, and by that I mean they, the Obama administration in passing this and others who supported it, were they not hoping that there'd be a lot of young people who would uh, sign in and begin carrying a, a big share of the, of the burden? Uh, yes, they were hoping that they would uh, have younger people to offset the cost of older people, healthy people to offset the cost of sick people. I think the biggest problem was they focused it on uh, providing subsidies to the low income. And what that meant is if you're low income and healthy, you're still not going to buy health insurance because it's not uh, you're not going to perceive that as a good value unless you're sick. And so what we've seen is, you know, 16 million people either uh, got an exemption from having to buy insurance when the mandate was in place or simply just paid the fine instead of buying the insurance. So it hasn't worked out as they planned. What is the remedy? Uh, I think basically we have to recognize what we've got uh, for what it is, and that is we have a high-risk pool that's tied to an individual market, and it's not working very well, so we have to separate the two. And some of that is already occurring in the market. You're increasingly seeing a situation where people who don't get a subsidy, there's no reason to buy on the exchange, and there are insurers who will offer off the exchange. Uh, and then what you get on the exchange is you get a subsidy, but then you get maybe one insurer, and it's going to be a narrow network, doesn't let you see a lot of providers, things like that. Now, Virginia just recently voted, I guess, to shift. Uh, and of course, Republicans, uh, as I recall, resisted it at the state level. But uh, under the current administration, they've succeeded in uh, shifting uh, even more burden onto Medicaid. And, uh, of course, uh, the Democrats see that, the Democrat governor and others see that as a, a major plus. But what's the downside of that? Well, the downside of that is you're putting younger and uh, healthy, uh, younger able-bodied adults on the program, 
and the federal government is perversely going to reimburse the state more for those people than for the traditional vulnerable population that the state serves, the children, the disabled population. So in other words, if you, uh, if the state of Virginia or any of these states expanding Medicaid, uh, they're going to get 95 cents on the dollar for signing for, for the health care for some new person they sign up who's, you know, uh, a, a, say 20-something working at uh, Home Depot or somebody who's a, a graduate student. Uh, but they get you know 50 or 60 cents on the dollar for the poor kid or in the project or the disabled person. So it really crowds out the people that Medicaid was designed to help, the vulnerable poor, and preferences people who don't need the help as much, who should be working in, and getting health care coverage elsewhere. Well, throughout the years, uh, I'm sure you're well aware this is your field of, uh, you probably know more than I'll ever even begin to, try to understand, but uh, we were all promised initially by the Republicans, look, uh, okay, Obamacare got passed, but we'll reverse it. That's a fait accompli now. We're stuck with it, are we not? And uh, is there is there uh, not too far ahead a single-payer system, which, of, of course, the Democrats and others have wanted all along? Uh, well, What's happened is I don't – what I think is off the table is you're never – and I don't think it was realistically on the table – is you're never going to have a, a, a mirror image where you have the Republicans with 60-vote Senate majority, mm-hmm. overwhelming House and the presidency, and replace it. Those are very rare events in American history. And the Democrats took advantage of one opportunity when Obama was first elected and they had 60 votes in the Senate to put this and Dodd-Frank and other things through. So you, to have the mirror image and be able to just repeal it wholesale is, is not likely to happen. Now, that said, the thing has flaws and is continuing to fall apart, and it's going to be uh, an ongoing process. Uh, some of it, I hope, would be legislative. I would encourage them to get back to work on legislative changes. But some of it will also be regulatory, and some of it will be the states uh, implementing different approaches. And some of it will simply be the uh, market um, going around it, mm. uh, so that's what we're, we're seeing happen, unfold right now. It's kind of messy, though. Uh, in terms of single-payer, the, the biggest obstacle to single-payer is that there's an enormous cost to it. And if they ever get honest about the cost, then it comes up um, not, as not a vote winner. So basically we have a system in this country where half of health care is – paid for through tax dollars, through taxpayer-funded programs, Medicare and Medicaid, what does it cost to nationalize the other half, even if you assume all the savings that the proponents of single-payer assume? Well, the answer is it's about 8 to 10 cents uh, in additional payroll tax. In other words, everybody, and I'm not talking rich people alone, I'm talking everybody would have to pay uh, another 8 or 10 cents of every dollar they earn in taxes to mm. pay for that. And and that's where they run up against the problem in getting the public to swallow that. Uh, they put that on the ballot in the other year in Colorado, which is a fairly purplish state, uh, and it got 27% of the vote. Well, there's much more we need to talk about. I hope we can do this again. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks. Edmund Heiselmeyer, he is with the Heritage Foundation, the Preston A. Wells, Jr. Senior Research Fellow there 
And you can find his work and that of his colleagues at heritage.org. And also, of course, this column that I referenced, Health Insurers in Maryland and what's going on there, that's at thedailysignal.com. Carl here with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Thank you for joining us for just a few moments as we share more opportunities for you to save lives through Save the Children. When you call 888-884-4836 and make your gift of $60, you save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. You can also click the Save the Children link at letstalkfaith.com to make that gift. And what are we talking about, really? Well, Save the Children, around for over 100 years, has been working in East Africa among famine victims. And they provide, uh, it's kind of a funny name, they provide this ready-to-use therapeutic food called plumping it. It's peanut-based. It's kind of based on Nutella. And it really does bring kids back from the brink of death. Again, your $60 provides enough plumping nut and medicine to save a child who's starving. And Scott, I know that you've been there in Ethiopia and seen the miracle uh, of plumping nut and seen the miracle of these kids Take us inside that a little. It really is a miracle. It's been referred to as it is to nutrition what penicillin was to medicine. And that's not just me. I mean, 60 Minutes talked about it as a miracle. And I don't know if you watch 60 Minutes very much, but they don't use the word miracle very often, uh, the word miracle. But it is miraculous. Uh, It brings kids back, children back, babies back from the brink of uh, death. I mean, they're right on the doorstep. I mean, they, they are the child you're thinking of right now, the child with uh, appears to be a skeleton uh, with skin draped over it. I mean, it it really is stark to see when you see a mom holding her twin boys that are three months old. And she says, I can no longer even nurse my kids. I don't have enough food for myself. And uh, mother's milk is the only way my kids uh, can survive. And they're suffering from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, Today, we have a chance to, to be the safety net. We have a chance to be, um, come together and do this thing uh, that really is ours to do. So, I mean, we, you've been fortunate, blessed, lucky, whatever word you use, um, to be where you are, to live where you live. Not not just to be born where you've been born, but to be born when you've been born. Well, that is absolutely so strong. And we're so thankful to be in a position to be able to do good for others, not to have to rely on the government and other agencies to make this happen. Save the Children is a nonprofit that I know personally at our house, Missy and I give to every year, and we want to encourage you to as well. In fact, Save the Children works here in the United States of America. I spent a good chunk of time last fall in uh, rural Tennessee among Save the Children uh, folks who have been blessed through this ministry, and I hope you'll step in right now. Again, your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We're counting down 105 kids to go. Would you call right now? 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at Let's Talk Faith.com. And I'll tell you this as well. We've had a generous donor step forward who over the next month has said, look, for every gift that your listeners make to save the children, I'll double it. So if you make that gift of $60, it becomes $120, so on and so forth. And maybe right now you'd say, Bill Scott, I'll do a leadership gift of $600. That would take care of 10 children saving their lives. And with those matching dollars would add another 10 children to the list of those who've been impacted through Save the Children and through your kindness. So again, I would encourage you to go to the phone right now. Here's the number, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. 
Or again, click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Together, we can save lives with Save the Children. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Well, as you know, folks, with every new and tragic event involving violence with guns in our country, along come those who want more laws... And the uh, demands become increasingly strident, even young people being swept into this, uh, despite, by the way, all the empirical evidence that yet one more law added to the myriad already on the books is not going to solve the problem at all. Well, joining us to talk more about it and uh, with a great deal of expertise on this and other subjects, political analyst, author, commentator, Dr. Walter E. Williams. Many of you know he's a well-known economist and political observer, served on the faculty of George Mason here in Fairfax, Virginia, for a number of years, and uh, uh, continues to do so. Also the author of numerous publications and books. And uh, he, uh, by the way, has a website, WalterEWilliams.com. Dr. Williams, always a great honor of mine to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me. And good afternoon to you. Guns haven't changed in America. I love your headline. People have changed. Uh, let's talk about what it was like back when you and I were <laughs> were young men, and not ancient history, but a while back, and uh, guns back in the culture then compared to today. Well, I, as I point out in the column, uh, that there are roughly 50 million Americans who are 65 years old and old, older. And, uh, and I asked, well, those who are going, who are in school during the 1930s—that is, people who are in the 90s now—you uh, know, were, were they, you know, were, were there shootings? Were there a lot of shootings in school? Were there teacher assaults and things like that? And then, then those who are in the schools during the went to school during the 40s and the 50s, uh, and 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 the 60s, uh, they did not see the kind of school violence that we see today, and. And so you say, well, well, what is happening between yesteryear and today, where where guns, uh, where a lot of people are shot shot up with guns? And I ask the question, well, have guns gotten more mean? You know, gotten meaner since uh, the the earlier times? Right. And uh, and and of course, that's not, that's a nonsense question because guns are inanimate objects and cannot act in uh, on their own. But we have to ask, what has happened to people? Uh, you know what kind of things do we tolerate? Uh, you know, and I give some statistics, and they're they're. Uh, I'm not picking on particular cities, but in Baltimore, uh, in 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 2010, uh, an average of four teachers were and staff members were assaulted each school day, and and I think in um, in in one one of the years, uh, 300 school staff members. Uh, had to apply for workman's compensation because of damage. You know, they're hurt by students. And then in the city that I was born and raised in, Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia uh, has over 400 school policemen. And when I was going to school in the 1940s and early 50s, the only time you saw a policeman in school was where it was during an assembly right. where we had to sit and listen to a boring <laughs> lecture by Officer Friendly about safety. That's true. That's true. That is so, so true. Go ahead. And so I think we we who are a little older, we owe it to the country to say, look, uh, uh, guns were far more available in, uh, years and years ago, and they're and they're less available today. You know, and one of the things I point out along the lines of availability, in the 1902 uh, Sears catalog, there are 
35 pages of gun advertisements. Uh, and it, up until the the, uh, the late 50s and 60s, uh, school children, there were, there were a, a number of schools that had rifle clubs, and students would carry their rifles to school with them in the morning and give it to the coach or whoever's in charge of the of the uh, rifle team, and then after school go go to the range for shooting. Oh, my goodness. We all, uh, you know, I've said it often through the years. I grew up with guns. Uh, there were guns in every home uh, in our family, our uncles, my, our aunts. We were all hunters. Uh, and, and even the ladies, some of the ladies were hunters. And my goodness, early on, I learned great, you know, great respect for that weapon. Uh, we were taught how to handle it, but nobody saw it as some means of uh, of uh, of abuse to others or uh, being careless with it. Okay, you're absolutely right. And and as I point out in the column, uh, in many many cases, when a boy reached uh, 12 or 14 years of age, his birthday gift. From his father was a twenty two rifle and 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 back during those days in the thirties and forties uh, you know we, they they weren't shooting up people although guns were were highly available matter of fact you can go to you could go to a hardware store any hardware store and get and and get a gun and, or Sears or the various department stores so I think what we're ignoring we're ignoring the fact that people have changed and you know kind of interesting as I point out in the column that when somebody is run down by a truck, or they or they or they they put a bomb somewhere and kill people, and uh, or run down people in the car, nobody blames the car or truck or bomb. They blame the person. And of course, they. Sh- but however, when it comes to guns, a gun shooting, they blame the gun, not the person. Well, the, uh, the irony of that as well is reflected, I think, in the London mayor, who now that they don't allow guns, of course, over there, he uh, recently had to uh, talk about banning knives. <laughs> right. And, and also, I think, that, I think I read in one story, the, uh, you, the Daily Mail, that the mayor was asking uh, people to dull the points of their knives, you know, <laughs> like kitchen knives, to, to grind down the points so that it couldn't puncture a person. Well, let me ask you this question before we run out of time. David Hogg, of course, has made quite a name for himself, a young man out of the Florida uh, tragedy, and uh, uh, I don't blame him for wanting to uh, have a cause and be uh, have it be his cause celebrate. Uh, I blame the media for giving this young man and people like him, young people like him, such a high profile uh, without insisting that they uh, also deal with some of the realities and facts of life that you and I are talking about. Well, absolutely right. I mean, and, and uh, there's no evidence that teenagers have more wisdom than adults. But, however, you get cities like your Washington, D.C. I mean, they're talking about giving 16-year-olds the vote, you know. Exactly. <laughs> right. And and as as if these teenagers uh, who are still wet behind the ears knew anything about life. What's the answer, Walter? What's the answer, really? Uh, how can we address this in ways that are going to start to reverse this uh, nonsensical approach to guns? Well, I think one of the things that we have to do, we have to uh, decide what kind of behavior is acceptable and what kind of behavior is unacceptable. That is, the kind of things that we, that we accept from young people today and adults uh, it's just incredible. That is, we don't hold them accountable. We allow adults to curse at teachers, to assault teachers. And, and if, a, if a kid does that, 
I mean, he ought to get paddled on his butt, and then he ought to feel the pain. What what we, in a sense, do, we're a society, we tell people, in effect, we tell people, look, you can, uh, you can impose pain on other people, but pain mm. will never be imposed on you. Wow. And, you know, as we're saying this, I'm reminded of a, a rule of household, and I'm sure it's probably true in yours. It certainly was in mine and in many Americans back in those days. Uh, and that was, uh, if I got in trouble at school, uh, it was uh, automatic I was in trouble at home. Yeah. No and, and, you know, my, and today, my mother would be arrested uh, because for, for child abuse, because I got my butt uh, spank a whole lot of times. And the worst time to get a spanking is in the summertime when the window's open <laughs> and your friends can hear you copping the plea. And, look, and, they, and they come and tease you. But my mother would go to be in jail today. And my dad would be probably in the cell next to her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, these are, I know there's a bit of humor that as we try to think about then versus now, but folks, that really is the core issue. And there's so much more to it. Uh, I think uh, families and churches and schools all have something to do in this whole mix. But in the last 30 seconds, I want to give you, my friend, the final word of what, what you'd like to say. Well, I, I, I think that we, we have to do, we have to pay attention to what has happened to the family in America. That is, there's been a huge family breakdown where there are single parents raising kids, and boys need to be raised by fathers. That is, they need fathers in their lives. And you look at prisons, you look at all kinds of antisocial behavior. Most of the prisoners and most of the people involved in antisocial uh, uh, behavior come from fatherless homes. We have to do something about that. Thank you so much for the time. We'll talk again. Okay, thank you very much, Don. Dr. Walter E. Williams, guns haven't changed in America. People have. As a matter of fact, you can find that column and his and other great columns at DailySignal.com and, of course, his own website, WalterEWilliams.com. Hey, this is Bill Carl, along with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. And right now, your gift of $60 provides enough ready-to-use therapeutic food, enough plumping nut, and medicine to save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We've been talking about this for several days now, and we just have a little bit of time left to meet the goal of saving 150 kids. The number is 888-884-4836. So I was on the air not so long ago, actually in Seattle. Seattle is not known for being the bastion of uh, Christianity. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's like the uh, West Coast version of Boston. I mean, it's just it's just not uh, a place that the churches thrive. And yet there, I had a woman call and say, I want to do this for 100 kids, a $6,000 one-time gift. We do need a game changer, I must say. We want to be able to thank you by first name and by city. So whether you're going to do $60 or $600 or $6,000 or more or less, the good news is it's going to be matched dollar for dollar, and we're waiting for your call right now at 888-884-4836. Look, in that number is 888-884-4836. Letstalkfaith.com uh, is the website you can go to and click the Save the Children banner. And right now, would you call 888-884-4836? Maybe there's somebody right now you would make a leadership gift of um, of $600, and that would draw us so very closely. We're, we're, I'm telling you, we're we're right there. Scott's over there, kind of calculating everything. Thirteen more, thirteen down to thirteen would be seven hundred eighty dollars. Thirteen kids right now would be seven hundred eighty dollars. And listen, 
I could sit here and break it down with an abacus into all type of <laughs> monthly and bi-monthly gifts and ways to do it. However you choose to do it, need somebody to do it. I, You know, listen, if you just want to make that one-time gift of $60, we welcome that and we're blessed by need that. It. But I really, truly do believe, Scott, that there's somebody that's been listening. They listened yesterday. They've listened today. God's been tapping at their heart and just kind of, you know, nudging them the whole time. And they, you just kind of get in that place. You're like, oh, you know, a little later, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it happen. You can make it happen. I mean, you can. You know, really you can. There are families. They'll put a whole vacation on a credit card mm-hmm. and hope that by the end of the year they pay for mm-hmm. it. We live in just a stone's throw of Disney World, you know, just down the road in Orlando. And I know, and I've met people. Where'd you come from? I came down from, you know, Dakota. We come here every year. And, you know, you know they put three, $4,000 in that credit card at the beginning of the year to book it, and then they kind of figured it out. And I just know that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I know there's somebody listening right now. You know you could make that gift, and you could either write the check and it'd be done or put it on your debit card, or you could just find a way to figure it out. You'll just figure it out. And I want you to, I just want to encourage you right now. God's been speaking to you. When you think of these children, when you think about what they're experiencing, when you think about how they're really at the door of death, when, when, you know, Scott told us last hour that one of the kids he met over there said, well, if I grow up, I'd like to be my grandfather. When you're living in a state where you don't assume that you're going to grow up, that's a bad place to be, but we can rescue. We can help save the children on the ground right now in very difficult places providing Plumpy Nut, providing this therapeutic food for children really on the brink of death. Your $60 gift saves one of these children. So I need you to call right now. And don't worry about figuring it out till later. You'll figure it out. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Bill Carl here, Don Crow. Today's host for the Bill Bunkley Show returns in a moment. In the meantime, this reminder, private Christian schools in the Tampa Bay area are already enrolling for next year. If you're considering enrolling your student for the very first time, first go to our website, christiantuitions.com. Half off your first year's tuition at the area's best Christian schools, christiantuitions.com. Heard recently here on the Don Crow Show. All the news, the all news stations won't carry. The Don Crow Show. Don Crow Show on WAVA, brought to you in part by a local expert, Realty. Now, we often tell you, and it's true, Realtor Christy Moore promises she'll sell your home in 58 days or she'll buy it. You want to talk to her about it? Here's the number. 866-404-5858. That's 866-404-5858. Or go to soldin58.com. That's soldin and the number's 58.com. Diversity. Has any other word in our language been more abused, distorted, and literally turned on its head in our current culture? According to a recent column by my guest in the Washington Times, today's diversity among us is apparently the legendary emperor who has no clothes. All hail diversity, our naked king, he writes. Let us gaze upon him in all his nonsensical nudity. Watch him and his watches parade. See his entourage of postmodern pedagogues and prelates. 
talking heads and talk show hosts. Fawn at his heels and heed his every decree. There's much more. You've got to go read it for yourself. But Dr. Everett Piper is president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, author of the book Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, published by Regnery, by the way, and available at your usual book sources, I believe just published last year. Uh, Dr. Piper, it's an honor to have you back on the show, and you begin your wonderful column I referenced on delusions of diversity by describing a bit of our current culture's, as you call it, pathetic parade from Joy Behar to Samantha Bee and more. So let's start there. Oh, thank you for having me on. And yes, what I'm suggesting is that this artificial worship at the altar of diversity has really come into what it was all along, and that is a worship of division rather than unity, a worship of segregation rather than integration. We've turned the whole concept of e pluribus unum on its head, and now we're e unum pluribus. In other words, we celebrate being divided. We celebrate being segregated. We demand our pound of flesh. We preach victimization, and we get vice, and we get vengeance because we stopped focusing on the unity of virtue. In other words, I'm the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. I'm not the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan Diversity, and there's a reason. It's because the history of the liberal arts understood that you can only enjoy human liberty and freedom when you understand it within the context of the unity of truth and not this balkanized agenda of diversity that separates everyone, uh, elevates the self above the group, and then demands that you kowtow at my altar of tolerance where you start ignoring the whole higher ground of the unity of love. I could go on and on and on, and you see it in these poster children of Joe Behar and Samantha B. They wave their banner of diversity while excoriating anyone that disagrees with them. In other words, they say, I can't tolerate your tolerance. I hate you hateful people. I'm sure that nothing is sure. I know nothing can be known. And doggone it, we believe in diversity. And if you don't join in the parade, we will exclude you. We will expel you. It's a lie. It's self-refuting at every turn. And somebody needs to call these people out on it. And beyond that, in addition to all of that and a big amen and more, uh, if you study it from a spiritual perspective, it it, re, it really is the antithesis of the gospel. Jesus Christ calls us to unity. He calls first Absolutely. his church to unity, doesn't he? And then he calls the world to unity. Uh, and, and satanic forces just divide and split and splinter. Absolutely. Jesus calls us to selflessness, not self-awareness. He calls us to die to self and be born again, not celebrate the fact that we're born in our sin. Jesus is very clear that the body of Christ is a unified body, and the hand cannot say to the eye or the foot or the ear or whatnot, I have no need of thee. We see it over and over again. The example of Scripture is the first thing of unity, not the second things of diversity. And we as sinful human beings have reversed the equation and we get the predictable results. Balkanization, hatred, intolerance, rather than the unity that comes from Christ-like love. Now, we ha- and this has, the, this has developed exponentially rapidly, hasn't it? In other words, uh, we've always had disagreements in our cultures. And back in the 60s, there was really this move for uniqueness, if you will, for diversity that uh, really began to fragment, I think, the culture as 
as it had not been prior, and it's just now grown at an exponential rate, hasn't it? Well, yes, and we've ignored the lessons of history. There's a reason that Martin Luther King Jr. focused on the content of character rather than the color of skin, because he recognized the unity of character, integrity, virtue, and truth, as opposed to focusing on the pigmentation that you may have that's unique to somebody else's. He knew that when you start focusing on color versus character, that you're going to get a divided country and an angry people. He knew that. There's a reason that we see the call for unity throughout the course of human history, as opposed to this call for diversity. You know, I was on the Bill O'Reilly show a couple of years back, and we got onto this issue of tolerance. And I finally interrupted Mr. O'Reilly, and I said, Mr. O'Reilly, on your, on your anniversary, excuse me, on your anniversary, did you send your wife an I tolerate you card? And there was silence. <laughs> and I said, I would suggest you didn't, because it didn't end well if you sent your wife an I tolerate you card, because tolerance is an inferior virtue. Love is superior. Tolerance says I could care less about you. Do what you want. Love says I care deeply about you. Now stop. Tolerance divides and love unifies. Love is superior. Christian charity, the biblical ethic, is always superior to man's foolishness and our call for tolerance and diversity. I'm going to continue the conversation. Dr. Everett Piper with me, president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Stay with us. And uh, in the meantime, make a note of the column. You can check it later at the Washington Times website, washingtontimes.com, Delusions of Diversity. Carl here with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Thank you for joining us for just a few moments as we share more opportunities for you to save lives through Save the Children. When you call 888-884-4836 and make your gift of $60, you save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. You can also click the Save the Children link at letstalkfaith.com to make that gift. And what are we talking about, really? Well, Save the Children, around for over 100 years, has been working in East Africa among famine victims. And they provide, uh, it's kind of a funny name, they provide this ready-to-use therapeutic food called plumping it. It's peanut-based. It's kind of based on Nutella. And it really does bring kids back from the brink of death. Again, your $60 provides enough plumping nut and medicine to save a child who's starving. And Scott, I know that you've been there in Ethiopia and seen the miracle uh, of plumping nut and seen the miracle of these kids Take us inside that a little. It really is a miracle. It's been referred to as it is to nutrition what penicillin was to medicine. And that's not just me. I mean, 60 Minutes talked about it as a miracle. And I don't know if you watch 60 Minutes very much, but they don't use the word miracle very often, uh, the word miracle. But it is miraculous. Uh, It brings kids back, children back, babies back from the brink of uh, death. I mean, they're right on the doorstep. I mean, they, they are the child you're thinking of right now, the child with uh, appears to be a skeleton uh, with skin draped over it. I mean, it it really is stark to see when you see a mom holding her twin boys that are three months old. And she says, I can no longer even nurse my kids. I don't have enough food for myself. And uh, mother's milk is the only way my kids uh, can survive. And they're suffering from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, Today, we have a chance to, to be the safety net. We have a chance to be, um, come together and do this thing uh, that really is ours to do. So, I mean, we, you've been fortunate, blessed, lucky, whatever word you use, um, to be where you are, to live where you live. Not not just to be born where you've been born, but to be born when you've been born. Well, that is absolutely so strong. And we're so thankful to be in a position 
to be able to do good for others, not to have to rely on the government and other agencies to make this happen. Save the Children is a nonprofit that I know personally at our house, Missy and I give to every year, and we want to encourage you to as well. In fact, Save the Children works here in the United States of America. I spent a good chunk of time last fall in uh, rural Tennessee among Save the Children uh, folks who have been blessed through this ministry, and I hope you'll step in right now. Again, your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We're counting down 105 kids to go. Would you call right now? 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at Let's Talk Faith. Com. And I'll tell you this as well. We've had a generous donor step forward who over the next month has said, look, for every gift that your listeners make to save the children, I'll double it. So if you make that gift of $60, it becomes $120, so on and so forth. And maybe right now you'd say, Bill Scott, I'll do a leadership gift of $600. That would take care of 10 children saving their lives and with those matching dollars would add another 10 children to the list of those who've been impacted through Save the Children and through your kindness. So again, I would encourage you to go to the phone right now. Here's the number, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or again, click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Together, we can save lives with Save the Children. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who was honest and upfront. No hidden costs or fees and owning the rights to my own work. It all starts with our free author submission kit. Call 800-566-1012. We'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute books online and in bookstores everywhere. You'll see your books in Christian bookstores Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. If you have a biography, novel, devotional, self-help, or other inspirational work, we get it published. We provide professional book editing, award-winning design, with the highest royalty structure in the industry. Plus, you retain 100% rights to your work. Get your book published today. Call for your free author submission kit at 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. The Don Crow Show on WAVA. Having a conversation with Dr. Everett Piper, president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Their website is okwu.edu, okwu.edu. And Dr. Everett's Twitter handle is at Dr. Dr. Everett Piper. Talking about his column at the Washington Times, delusions of diversity. And among other things, he says delusions reign, delusion reigns in the mind of Lord Diversity and his minions. He demands tolerance while declaring he will not tolerate the intolerant. He requires openness of mind but closes his mind to all who disagree. And I guess out of all of this, Dr. Everett, especially with some of the very vitriolic and nasty things that have been said recently in our media, it's like there's no filter at all on some of these media entities anymore anyway. But how, what's the proper response to uh, not throw mud back, but on the other hand, resist this really blatant and destructive evil? Well, um, I would argue follow Jesus's lead uh, in how to engage an adversary. 
Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh and dwelling among us, the incarnate Son of God. Um, I would argue, as a Christian, the smartest man that ever walked the face of the earth. He's God. He knows the answer. He could have won the debate. But in the face of an adverse adversary, what did Jesus almost always do? He rarely debated or argued. He almost always simply asked a rhetorical question. For example, whose face is on this coin? Why do you call me Lord? Do you want to throw the first stone? Well, which one of you is without sin? And then the Son of God himself is quiet and lets his adversaries drop their stones and walk away. In other words, he asks a question that exposes the lie of their worldview. He lets them see it for what it is, and many times they simply walk away empty-handed. And we need to follow the same example and recognize that by asking good questions of these people that expose the duplicity and the lie of their worldview, they are left unarmed. I mean, Joy Behar believes in diversity, and she believes in inclusion, but yet she rails against Christians and claims that those believe in Christian, who believe in Christian orthodoxy are mentally ill. And Samantha Bee calls for inclusion, but then she calls President Trump's daughter a vile, vile word publicly. Now, what kind of inclusion and diversity is that? They recognize. They will recognize when you ask a rhetorical question that their worldview does not hold water. It breaks down. It makes no sense. It's like me asking Bill O'Reilly, did you send your wife and I tolerate your car? Is there merit to listeners? And I believe millions of, Ameri- uh, millions of Americans are really becoming quite, if you went uh, fed up with this whole uh, relentless trashing of one another, even those who may not agree with uh, the Christian viewpoint or a conservative viewpoint or whatever, uh, they don't want to live life this way. They don't want to bring their kids up in this kind of environment. Uh, but uh, is there any merit to speaking to powers that be, for example, these media entities uh, who control these people and uh, register their protests? Or how do we speak uh, creatively into the situation in that regard? Well, I do think culture is a dry sponge waiting for some water. And I do believe, here, you know, you've got this obscure college president, Everett Piper, in Oklahoma Wesleyan University in northeast Oklahoma, who uh, you're talking to right now. And the question is, why? Why do you care about what I have to say? It's because I am trying, and I'm not the only one, I'm not claiming to be some special person, but I am trying to call into question the broken ideas of our culture. And here's a rule of thumb. Never do what the left or the progressives almost always do, and that is they engage in ad hominem attacks. They attack the person. They shoot the messenger rather than attend to the message. Don't do that. Attack ideas. Yes. Attack ideas, broken ideas, bad ideas. Expose the lies. But don't attack people. Don't call people names. Don't stoop to that level. Attack the brokenness of the idea and expose the fact that it doesn't work and then be quiet. And I think generally there are millions of people within culture that are begging for that leadership. We'll take another quick break, come back, and I want you to talk, if you would, for a few minutes about not a, de- a, not a daycare, the, diver- the devastating consequences of abandoning truth. We referenced it briefly in one of your previous visits, but we really haven't talked much about what the book has to say, and I think there's relevance here. We'll be back with more with Dr. Everett Piper. Stay with us. Strength throughout the day. Weekdays at 1 p.m., it's Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Now, if I'm trying to win in the game of life, and God is the way, the truth, and the one, 
life, how can I win outside of him? And at 1.30, Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Men and women, I believe we're living in an age where Jesus is standing at the door of the church and he's knocking. Faith Talk, AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1. Welcome to Classical Conversations on Homeschooling. Cultivating a love of learning through a Christian worldview. Here is Classical Conversations homeschooling advocate, Lee Bortons. The American Constitution is rightfully under scrutiny. One group is arguing for the First Amendment, while others doubt the value of the Second Amendment. However, when asked to identify the specifics within the Constitution, or its founder's intent, or the purpose of each article and amendment, many people admit they've never read it. Let's revive the study of the Constitution so that our children can actually know what it says. Because modern vocabulary is so diminished, the Constitution is difficult to understand. We must first read the document several times, annotating as we go, defining words, and summarizing. Secondly, we need to understand the context in which the document was written and the worldview of the authors. The best way to get this understanding is to read other documents that were circulated or given as speeches around the same time. Patrick Henry's speech, in which he proclaimed, Give me liberty or give me death, certainly helps us understand the passion they held for their liberty. George Washington's first inaugural address expresses his love for his country and his gratitude to God. These and other relevant and inspirational documents are collected in a book called Words Aptly Spoken, American Documents. The Words Aptly Spoken series curates the best of short stories, essays, speeches, and documents that shape a particular subject. The original complete documents, unedited and unabridged, are included with a study guide. It's no surprise that a culture that won't read the Bible will also reject the authority of our civil government's documents. Without either, we just make up our own rules based on convenience or expediency. Freedom requires the ability to think long and hard on difficult ideas. You've been listening to Classical Conversations on Homeschooling with Lee Bordens. To learn more, visit classicalconversations.com. Not far from us is a country, and in that country is a place many call a mountain paradise, covered with beautiful trees, meadows, and crisscrossed with crystal clear streams and rivers. But in those beautiful mountains, in the valleys, many children suffer. Victims of the effects of crippling poverty, lack of economic opportunity, lack of proper nutrition, Fractured families with single parents or grandparents unable to provide for basic needs. And many turn away. Those children in those mountains, in that country, are our own. Most of our community falls at or below the poverty level. Most of our kids are impacted by families who do not have college-educated family members at all. You don't know how hard it is to have a child that you don't know how you're going to deal with. Farming is not a substantial uh, subsistence way of life as it once used to be. A lot of kids cannot read grade level material and they struggle and they shut down. I I want our county to be a place where our kids can say, when I get grown, I'm going to do this. This is the job I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to contribute to our county. I know from my experience that Save the Children will help us get there. That's right. Right here at home, Eastern Tennessee, Newport, Tennessee, is where Save the Children is saving lives right now. 
and changing them for the better every day. Your gift of $60 can help when you call right now. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Call now. 888-884-4836. Hey, this is Bill Carl, today's guest host for the Bill Bunkley Show. Don Crow returns in a moment. As Bill continues to take some time off for his health, we continue to pray for him, his wife Tony, and son Zach, and look forward to a full recovery. In fact, Bill's doctors have told him to plan on heading to Israel this November with EDI Travel. To learn more, click on Bill's page at letstalkfaith.com. Dr. Everett Piper president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University and also author of the book, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. Dr. Piper, take us to your book and the core message, and I think it's very needed right now. The core message is to confront the snowflake rebellion, this call for trigger warnings, microaggressions, and safe spaces. Basically, my argument in my book is this is a university. It's not a daycare. I'm not here to coddle you. I'm here to confront you. I'm not here to make you feel comfortable. I'm here to challenge your character. In fact, C.S. Lewis said of the great lion Aslan, he's not safe, but he's good. And I would argue that the great lion of the academy, the liberal arts, the ivory tower, even the great lion of the gospel is not supposed to be safe. 